Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and you are listening to Beyond Synth, episode 50. That's right, 50 episodes, man. I'm proud of myself. I know I made a big deal back in episode 10. I think it was the Arc Neon episode, and I was so proud of myself because I had made 10 episodes. And here we are, years and years later, and we've reached the 50th anniversary episode. So I am proud of myself, and you should all be proud of me. Now, today's episode is a very special episode. It's been coming for a long time. Since the show began, I've had two consistent questions. Um, Who does the theme song, and when are you going to have Miami Nights 1984 on your show? And today is that day. All right? So la-dee-da, this is a very special episode, all right? And it's really cool to talk to Mr. Michael Glover, the man behind uh, both ActRaiser and Miami Nights 1984, and a new exciting project, which we will talk about in the interview, which is a hip-hop project called Snacks, and the S is a dollar sign. So I know last week I hinted that this episode would be a anniversary uh, best of with a Q&A with uh, myself. And although I didn't um, say who was going to be on the show last episode, I did sort of hint towards it on Twitter and Facebook. So I was going to have, of course, uh, one of my favorite guests, Adam McNabb, come on the show and we were going to listen to a best of collection of old clips of the show and also answer listener mail questions. And a lot of you sent in some audio questions and I thank you for that. Some of you I helped through the process. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Bobby B. But uh, so here's the deal: that was going to be the show, and something came up, and Adam was unavailable to record. And since that episode was really geared towards Adam being the guest, and a lot of the questions that people asked were, you know, aimed at him, we are going to postpone that episode until Adam is ready to come back on the show. So, that's that. But look, alright? The bottom line is this. In place of a best of and listening to old clips and people fucking around, I'm actually delivering the show that people want, (laughs) which is (laughs) Miami Nights. So, even though Adam is not here today, he is here in spirit because we are going to listen right now to one of my favorite songs uh, ever. And it's Tonight by Lucaset. Robots can be autonomous, semi-autonomous, or remotely controlled and ranged from human voice. 
And that was Tonight by Le Cassette, which is one of my favorite songs uh, ever made. I love that song. And for those of you who were like, oh, I was hoping to hear Adam today. Well, there you go. There's his beautiful voice singing Tonight. I want to remind you guys that Beyond Synth is on every week at 8 p.m. on Thursdays, Eastern Standard Time. And uh, there's replay uh, Saturdays at 1 p.m. for my European listeners. But uh, to be fair, no one actually listens to that. And then, of course, the episodes get posted to SoundCloud. So if you can't tune into the live show, and by live, I mean when we play the show and <laughs> I sit in the chat room, the show gets posted to SoundCloud the following week. And that's when you can all uh, love and enjoy Beyond Synth at your leisure, on your iPads or iPhones or Android devices. Beyond Synth is on Power85. That's Power85.com, 24 hours a day, streaming Synthwave goodness. And besides my show, there is also the flagship program from Power85, and that is, of course, Project Friday, which uh, happens every Friday night. It's hosted by Steve Gilson. And if you like your synthwave music, your 80s-inspired stuff, and just great tunes, tune into that show. Uh, it's a lot different than this show. So if you listen to this show and you're like, oh, fuck, I gotta tune into Friday and listen to some other asshole talking, you don't have to worry about that, because Steve's show is all about the music. This is an interview program, just in case you're wondering. Sometimes people get confused, and they tune into the show, and they're like, uh, why is there all this talking? And then I'm like, because uh, it's a talking show. But we do play lots of cool tunes, all right? And that's the bottom line. And, of course, I got Miami Nights 1984 coming up in just a bit. And that's very exciting stuff. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Andy Last on Twitter. That is the official Twitter account for the Beyond Synth podcast. You can also like the Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast. And like the SoundCloud or follow the SoundCloud or whatever the fuck you do on SoundCloud. It's soundcloud.com slash beyond synth. And if you like the episode, please, uh, you know, give it a heart. You know, give her a little retweet or a whatever you do on SoundCloud. <laughs> I've been using SoundCloud for like a few years now and I still don't really understand it. Uh, but uh, that's where the shows go. And if you're, you're having fun there, you know, leave some comments and stuff. Because that's, uh, that's what I like to see. You know what I mean? And speaking of cool music, let's listen to some more, man. Uh, this is Highway Superstar. He was on the show a few episodes back last year. And this was uh, one of my favorite tracks from his album. One of my favorite tracks from last year. This is Burn This City by Highway Superstar. Seems so close now Do you wanna get away? That's a choice we can make I see Chris and I see your eyes Can't make the switch There is no wrong or right Oh, I'll make it clear tonight Then 
Places I can't forget Places I could not reach In the pouring rain In the silent way was Burn This City by Highway Superstar. Of course, so we got Miami Nights 1984 coming up in just a few minutes. And, uh, of course, Michael is also one of the chair people behind... Uh, <laughs> I'll call him the chairman of uh, Rosso Corsa Records or the Rosso Corsa Collective. And, of course, Highway Superstar's new album is, is part of that. So uh, it's all tying together, man. This is brilliant. Anyways, listen... Now I know you've been waiting long enough. Look, we have a nice, big, long talk with Miami Nights 1984. All right? So, thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Hope you guys are having a lovely evening. And here's my chat with Miami Nights 1984. I'm here with Michael Glover, aka Miami Nights, 1984. What the fuck is up, Andy? <laughs> 
it's not funny. I want to know what's up, man. How you living life? How you living life, man? <laughs> I'm living large, but it's uh, <laughs> the the winter is crazy because you, uh, of course, are a fellow Canadian, but you are at the other side of this country. It's beautiful here. What is the temperature there? It's got to be over 10 degrees here. You know what I love about what you just said? What? That you're talking in Celsius. <laughs> I have, for some reason, I do, I, I ask people the weather all the time, and uh, I always have to do conversions, because it's always in Fahrenheit, and I never know what they're talking about. Yeah, you're in Fahrenheit? Really? No, they are. Everybody else. Yeah, okay, okay. So I never know, I never know how to do it. I was going to say, fellow Canadian, but you're dealing with Fahrenheit, that's not right. No, I, I have no understanding of Fahrenheit. To be honest with you, it, it makes so little sense logically as a system i do i i know a bit about i know you can heat up a pizza at 350 degrees <laughs> oh that's true i guess the oven is fahrenheit there you go i never even think about that yeah yeah man so simple do you heat up a lot of pizzas i've been known to heat up a few pizzas in my day what do you like you know my standard would be a ham and pineapple pizza i'm kind of a hawaiian guy a bit of a tropical kind of thing going on mm. uh with that said though if i'm feeling like you know I want to impress my my bros. I you know, hook uh, me up with a little pepperoni, a little pep and chicken, maybe a little pep and bacon, a little pep and mushroom. You know, generally you throw the pepperoni in there for the bros. Yeah, man. But uh, but if the ladies come in, they see me eating a Hawaiian pizza. You know, I got a couple candles lit. They're like, "What's going on here? Why are you sitting by yourself eating a Hawaiian pizza with candles lit?" <laughs> and they like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like impressing men with pizzas too. I'm gonna <laughs> listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open a beer here because this is a celebratory episode. This is the 50th episode of Beyond Synth, Woo-hoo! and I am very happy to have you on. Everyone, pretty much the predominant comments I get on the show is who does the theme song and when are you going to interview Miami Nights 1984 and uh, here you are so that makes me happy it's going to make a lot of people happy they're never going to listen to the show again after this one well I'm happy to disappoint yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> so man let's go through the the history here because before before Miami Nights 1984 there was other stuff yeah there was Act Razor so talk to me about that okay what you want to know about that? Do you like the game Act Razor? I love the game Act Razor. Do you want to sing the Overworld theme song? No, I'm I'm good on that. Do you mind if I do it? Please. Do 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 do. Yes. Awesome. Anyway, it's a good song. I picture that little angel flying around right now with that playing, and he's doing his thing. I never actually played that game when it was out, like on Super Nintendo. I ended up playing it on an emulator, like years later. Yeah. And uh, what an awesome game that was. Like, I didn't even, I was like separated by a decade from when it actually came out and it should have been like dated, but I was like really engaged. I thought that game was awesome. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You get two different types of uh, gameplay in one game. Mm. You know, it's a good bang for buck, for sure. So anyway, so was that uh, the inspiration, I take it? Definitely for the name. I think like with a lot of stuff, like kind of like Rosa Corsa itself, it's, uh, I kind of like going with a name or something and then having nothing that's associated with it as kind of the theme. Mm-hmm. So Rosa Corsa, it's like racing red, right? But uh, you don't see red anywhere with our Rosa Corsa stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of the same thing with Act Razor. It's like I, I took the name, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the video game as far as the music's concerned. Also, you you spell it slightly differently. I didn't used to. When Act Razor first came out when I was first doing it I didn't spell it differently but then um, a dubstep dude was doing the same thing around the same time mm. he actually beat me to releasing some stuff because I was sitting on it forever like oh no I want to do a full album before I release anything yeah 
And then I think it was like in YouTube comments or some sort of comment somewhere. I, I saw him post something like, oh, I hope this doesn't uh, cause confusion between our names and, and genres, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, man. I shouldn't I should. <laughs> You know, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. I shouldn't say that at yeah, all. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of my mentality. It's like, fuck you. Like, I was working on this first. Then you come in with your, your dubstep music. And uh, <laughs> and so I got I became really spiteful. That's how Miami Nights came around. I was like, okay, well, I'm not letting someone screw me out of a name again. I'm going to come up with a really long, huge, hideous name that I'm going to regret in the future. And... Uh, <laughs> And make that my uh, my new sort of persona for music. So, as far as like the musical direction then goes, do you see much of a difference between Act Razor and Miami Nights? Act Razor was a was a little more. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd use the word darker, but it's a little more serious than uh, Miami's. Uh, tends to be, I think, associated with a little bit more of the lovey dovey side of the eighties. And Act Razor was a little more, uh, a little more serious, a little more power glovey, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Act is still here, man. I'm working on some new. I'm actually working on a full, full length Act Razor album. It's like part of the reason this Miami stuff has been like delayed so much is I have all these other music projects I'm working on, like the hip hop project I showed you, mm-hmm. which is why I mainly came here today. Is I thought we were talking. About <laughs> We'll get to it, man. We'll get to snacks. But, yeah. um, well, listen, while we're on the subject of Act Razor, let's, uh, let's listen to a track here. So this is Resurrected Streets by Act Razor.
was Resurrected Streets by Act Razor, and I'm here with Michael Glover, who is who is Act Razor, and then later Miami Nights 1984, but still Act Razor, as we've just learned in, a, in an exclusive that there's still Act Razor to come. Yeah, and um, you know, with that said, I don't want people building up expectations on that album, like, oh yeah, he's gonna have, you know, those same, you know, <laughs> slower beats and stuff, because there are no beats on this album. It is a straight up synth album of just soundscape stuff. So I mean, like, uh, it still is going to be the best album ever made, right? Like, we we want to establish that here. I I would not agree with that at all. It's probably <laughs> going to be one of the worst albums ever made. <laughs> Have you ever heard uh, Two Unlimited second album? No. Have you ever heard the CNC Music Factory album? You know, I've never listened to the album. I I haven't either. I saw it. Well, I have listened to Two Unlimited. It was the first tape I ever bought. That's a true story, and it makes me sad. I think my first cassette was Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. 
<laughs> so it's like the first one like I chose out like I want this fucking cassette. Yeah, mine was two unlimited second album. That was my first cassette. Wh- how old are you? Are we much different? Or you never ask a lady her age. <laughs> well, you are a very pretty girl. Thank you. I'm 33. What? Yeah, you're older than me, man. Really? Yeah. Right, for some reason, I got the impression that you were older. You than me. are my elder. Oh, fucking show some respect. Well, okay, so. <laughs> Uh, that makes sense, and so we are in the same sort of zone, because I, I didn't know. Yeah. For some reason, I, you struck me as a 37. Wow. Yeah. Well, you look old. Like, you look... I don't mean like an old person. I mean, you look older. Like, you, you seem like you've got your shit together. But it's probably because you are one of the pioneers of the scene, and for some reason, I attribute that to people being older than me, because I joined it later. That was, that was a really good cover-up, Andy. I'll take that, you know? <laughs> you old bitch. You're, you're old. <laughs> You're old, but you know, I, I, it's because because you've accomplished so much. I think you're just, you look really old. When we first started chatting on Facebook, you sent me a photo. You were out with a female and you were drinking wine. And I was just like, oh, this dude's older than me. He like, he goes places and drinks wine. You know, I like to do that. I more so like to paint the picture that I do that because mm. mostly it's getting a box of wine <laughs> and uh, placing that beside the couch <laughs> and drink myself into some sort of stupor. But well, that's cool. I mean, it's well something to do, right? Yeah. You know, a long time ago, there was always with, it, with everyone always saying, "Have Miami Nights on the show." Of course, I, I wanted to, and I prepared notes, and this is I did this last year, mm-hmm. and I don't know what they mean because they're all point form things maybe i can help you out with that okay so i just have lord of the rings lord do you like lord of the rings <laughs> is that why i have that here lord of the rings why were we talking about lord of the rings i'm not sure are you a fan of lord of the rings i like lord of the rings so maybe i do have a story about lord of the rings do you actually yeah i got kicked out of the movie theater um <laughs> for the first one <laughs> The first one came out, and uh, I went for sushi before seeing the film, and uh, I, I drank quite a bit of sake. Then I got this idea. I'm like, guys, we're seeing Lord of the Rings. Let's bring a case of beer into the movie theater. I don't know how we got a case of beer into the movie theater, but we got a case of beer in there. How, how did you get a case of beer in there? I'm just trying to figure I, it out. I, I don't know. It's a long time ago, man. Like the box? Or I, did you I'll, put bottles in a bag? No, no. They weren't bottles. They, they were cans. And the funny thing is, is we're sitting kind of near the back of the theater. It's a huge theater. It was Lord of the Rings, right? And uh, every time I'm done a beer, I put it on the ground. But because I'm drunk, I'm moving around and I'm kicking the cans over. And you can hear them rolling under everyone's seat. Oh, no. And they're making their way across the entire theater and building up at the bottom <laughs> oh, no. of the theater. <laughs> So, 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 what you're saying is they had no cause to kick you out. Is that where the story's <laughs> yeah. going? Pretty much, the lights turn on and the usher comes up. He's like, "You guys gotta leave before we call the cops." <laughs> and so, as we're leaving the theater, the entire theater stands up and starts clapping. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> well, it's got a happy ending. Yeah, I love that. That's the Lord of the Rings story. I, I... yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's why you have it written down, but uh... <laughs> did you did you end up seeing the film with a clear head? I did. I did, and I slept through most of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great, man. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna get all right. Yeah. To the Miami Nights, nineteen eighty four. Why everyone is tuned in today? 
and it's all very exciting. But uh, I want to play another Act Razor track. Yeah, it's great. This Miami one's... Nights 1994, and here's more Act Razor for exactly, you guys. Exactly, exactly. Well, we're going to get to all that. This is an exciting day. This is a track hey, called... Give the people what they want. They want to hear the snacks, man. <laughs> they they want to hear the hip-hop album. They don't want to hear them. <laughs> We're going to get to snacks. This, okay. th- that's the exciting tease, right? Because when, yeah. we, when we get there, people are going to be real happy about it. Yeah. Anyway, this is a track called The Return by Act Razor.
was The Return by Act Razor. And I'm here with, uh, I'm still here with Michael Glover. And that was, uh, so that was, that was Act Razor. And then you morphed, you changed gears. You said, I love the Miami. You started essentially, how responsible do you feel for this whole thing? The, the scene. For the scene? Yeah. You know, you're one of the, you're, you're one of the fucking, you know, you're a uh, prime. Optimus Prime. Oh, sick, dude. Optimus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roll out. How, uh, yeah. You know, that's a tough question. Uh, how responsible do I feel? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I feel responsible for anything. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I'm glad, I'm glad it started to take off a little more from, from when we started out doing it. That's cool. It's cool to see people liked it because, yeah, definitely, like, uh, doing it where i live bc has a very unusual taste in music it's it's kind of like you go to bc and the stuff that's popular here is kind of only popular here and and no one really wants to listen to to anything like people like their bass music here quite a bit and so when i was doing the 80s thing here i had a lot of people rolling their eyes and being like why are you doing this 80s music thing like why are you wasting your time with this but it was kind of like it's it's just what i like doing it's what i wanted to hear so i went with it and uh it was definitely a tough struggle it still is it still fucks with my head a lot because uh, when I'm writing, I'm, I'm constantly second guessing everything all the time. That's uh, part of the reason why stuff takes so long with me. Mm. Uh, and I know it's not really a real answer to your original question, but um, well, no, because essentially um, tropes in this scene have formed, and some of those are based on patterns that you established. You know, like you personally, like the fact that you were called Miami Nights 1984. Yeah. And are one of like you know like the first people really doing this whole like synth what is now synth wave or whatever like this revival of eighties kind of electronic sounding music, and um, it's a trope now with all the people who are making music now and trying to name themselves, throwing the word yeah, it's Miami in there or having a nineteen eighty year following their name and stuff it, it's not just that too i i know it's a lot of the writing and stuff like that too there's there's a few other artists out there where it's kind of like uh, okay like like i have i i think i have with the miami thing something where it's like you know kind of a, a typical predictable miami sound to i know it's a few other artists kind of copied the format on stuff mm-hmm but um, I think it's just going to happen with with if you like something, you know, you you people tend to emulate stuff they like, right? So I guess that's a good thing. Sometimes, sometimes I beat myself up over it a bit, like oh man, like there's other people there doing you know my sound. Should I keep going with this kind of thing? So it messes with my head a little bit sometimes. But you know, I I, I just think that's that's a natural progression to music, no matter what in any genre, mm-hmm. like. Um, you know, in, in with synthwave in itself, it's like like that happens with me. It's like if I'm listening to an older track, you know, that older track is going to influence me in certain ways, and uh, it's uh, I don't know. I think it's just a natural progression for shit. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, it must be. I, I would imagine that being like a tricky place to be in. So I understand like what you're going through you know because like when when i go back and listen to the stuff i'm like yeah like a lot of people who, who make synthwave now it's like that's the sound that they adopt yeah but that sound 
started somewhere. Like it came from somewhere. Well, well, you know what's funny too. On, on my Facebook page the other day, I, I, I made a post about uh, why the album's taking so long. And one of the things I said in that was, you know, I know everyone wants another Ocean Drive because I get that all the time. Make another Ocean Drive. And uh, but this new album, you know, it, it might not have that Ocean Drive on there for you, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think someone in the comments actually, there's a couple people where they're like, "Oh yeah, don't worry about the Ocean Drive. There's already a million other artists copying that." So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always a, it's a tricky thing, uh, and I find it uh, sort of funny in a way, just the way that the people seem to react and like the fans and stuff like that is because there is this deluge of of all this sort of synthwave stuff and i sift through it because i have people on the show and they send me music and stuff like that and it's always tricky trying to determine who who is who you know because like i'll just listen to tracks and you know not everybody is you know like a perturbator or something where where it's like okay that's perturbator when i hear perturbator i know who it is yeah when i hear carpenter brute or even even though there are artists out there now who are kind of copying their style Mm -hmm. which is which is always funny but the dark the dark synth wave scene it seemed to really take over. It's kind of funny mm-hmm. um, because when I think of synthwave, like I think about this uh, this name that popped up because no one had a real name for it originally. Like when we first started, we were really pushing the the outrun thing as a name for it. And I know there's a lot. I know there's like an outrun Reddit and stuff and all this stuff. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Makes me wonder if a lot of people actually even know where the term outrun came from because i know after kavinsky named his album outrun it kind of took took it away from us and it's kind of like i think people associate outrun with kavinsky now but we definitely i think started the whole uh outrun sort of term and um and then you know it turned into dream wave and this other thing and then synthwave popped up and and now people associate synthwave i think a lot of people associate it with that with the dark sort of uh electro-y sounding stuff that's coming out and uh it's it's crazy to see how it took over because i i really thought it was going to be more of a dreamy thing for the for the scene or whatever right in my personal interpretation it's that synth wave has become sort of like a blanket term yeah and then everyone's you know because vapor wave is like 80s music slowed down dream wave is kind of slower paced outrun is the music that's more associated with like faster paced kind of like driving tracks then there's the dark stuff like the perturbator and like the French yeah. French distortion, which people like to say that because those guys they tour they seem to have a quite a big following. They do. I think uh, I think the metal scene really took off with those guys. I think because mm-hmm. um, like I know James is playing all the the craziest metal festivals and and stuff like that. And uh, I know um, when we were playing together in Montreal, there it was definitely a big metal crowd. That turned up for his show, like uh, there were there were fights breaking out and stuff over his set. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm serious. We should talk about that too, actually. But let's let's advance now. We're now we're into Miami Nights 1984 territory, right? And I want to listen to the track "Early Summer" off the album "Early Summer." You listen to that track. So we're yeah, we're gonna do that right now. Okay. Here is "Early Summer" by Miami Nights 1984. Uh. Ha <laughs> <laughs> 
And that was Early Summer by Miami Nights 1984. And I'm once again joined by Michael Glover. What's up? From Miami Nights 1984. So that's a cool song. So What's up, y'all? It's your boy, the Snack God. <laughs> God of Snacks. <laughs> Fucking with y'all. What's up? Um, so once you started and you settled on this name, yeah. did that influence like... Is this the sound you wanted to do, or did the name kind of influence it, or how did that work? I, I had an idea with the sound that I wanted to go with for it. Uh, I wanted to go a little dreamy and, and softer than, than Actraiser. And uh, like I said, the name was more so just a way of getting around of people trying to copy my name. But lo and behold, everyone has a 1984 attached to their name somewhere now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's funny, too, because like, I'm, I'm like, oh, this is such a long, hideous name. No one's going to do this, but people are doing it, and mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, like if I could turn back time, if I could turn back <laughs> um, I, I, I would have just made it Miami Nights because, yeah, like I got I got the shirts made up and stuff and I dropped the 1984 and it just says Miami Nights, much like my main logo just says Miami Nights. I threw the MN84 on the back, but uh mm-hmm. It, uh, it's definitely like I, I like a, a good aesthetic with everything. That's that's always kind of been the thing with Rosso is, is having a good aesthetic, and I think uh, I think that 1984 is just a little too long and gross for for graphic design and shit like yeah. that. So, <laughs> well, talk to me a bit about that show because you you did just recently play with with Perturbator in Montreal. Yeah, and, and my guys, boys Lamatos. Yeah, yeah, and you guys all had a gay old time. So what's what was that like? Because obviously, you know, we're talking before about the sort of the difference in styles and and how did that work? Like, did the audience dig what was being put down or? Yeah, well, we, we played different nights. Oh, OK, 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 OK. Yeah, yeah. So Perturbator was playing, you know, the danger night. So it was all a little heavier. I was playing the same night as Lamato. So they're kind of happy middle ground. And yeah, it was it was cool. It was it was Montreal has a fucking rad crowd. Some of the best people ever. Um, I love the city. Um, just such a rad art vibe there, and uh, the people are really, really nice and welcoming. The poutine is great, snack mm-hmm. god. Yeah, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Montreal's up. My brother lives in Montreal, and uh, that city is really cool. Like it just, I love the. I mean, in the summertime, the winter they have worse winters than we have here. So like, yeah, but the summer it's so warm. The uh, very pretty girls. In the in the, I yeah, find lots, that, that city's pretty. Women. Yeah, that city's yeah. Yeah, very attractive, and um, and I like that it's open late. Like in Toronto, Toronto's very corporate vibe. You know, it just feels like yeah. people go to bed early, and uh, it doesn't well, have the same. Same thing on the island here. There, there isn't much of a nightlife like Montreal. Like Montreal, if I'm hungry after a show, uh, it you know, let's say I've been partying after the show, I can still go grab a bite to eat at like four in the morning, which is kind of cool. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. You went on a little adventure with James. I saw some pictures. You went to that Zelda church. I love. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were having a we were having a bunch of fun. The thing with James is he's not afraid to party, which is kind of cool. So it's kind of like you know when I wake up, I can call him up and uh, we can grab a beer first thing in yeah. what we consider our morning, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet. Um, and yeah, he he was just down for whatever. Like uh, he's a fun guy, man. He's rad. But like, yeah, we we used to game it up together back in the day and stuff. So it was it was pretty cool. Us finally get to hang out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I have another random note here. 
Yeah. And it is Sakura Knights Masters of the Universe comps. What does that mean to you? Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Well, Sakura Knights was definitely like a big player in the scene when when things were first getting going. And uh, he was definitely like one of the main people uh, pushing the scene. Like if anyone was was should be considered a pioneer, it was that guy. Because he was the one who was actually going out, finding all these synthwave artists and, and making these compilations called uh, Masters of the Universe. And we were all just like MySpace dudes, right? And uh, yeah, I remember like when I did my first ActRaiser track, it's funny because I was making like really bad electro music before that as ActRaiser. And then um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to change this up. And, uh, and I just put up the kill switch and I, I changed my page altogether and made it like really 80s with the Countach and all that shit. And right away, Sakura Knights messages me and he's like, hey, I do uh, these compilations and I, I want to put you on one. Unfortunately, he got shut down by uh, like Mattel or something like that. Or Hasbro or something oh. <laughs> lame because yeah, yeah 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 and uh, and it didn't happen but either way he definitely was the main person who kind of got my foot in the door with the scene so do those exist somewhere because I remember um when I did when I chatted with DAD yeah and this would have been like two years ago he he mentioned those Masters of the Universe comps and how he discovered the scene yeah and uh, and I'd never heard of them before so like did those exist somewhere like. I don't know if they still exist, man. Like, this was before noobs like you got into the scene, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you talking about, man? I'm a. I, I'm just playing, no. but um, <laughs> but yeah, before like posers like you came into the scene, it was like they're the real, the real guys like us. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was like. That would that the only people that would really know about that are, are are the people that were doing it like uh, you know Palm Highway Chase me you know DAD I think you know I think he was a little bit after that even he was he was definitely part of you know our original MySpace crowd and stuff like that like mm-hmm. but um, I think he definitely came in like a little shortly after the Modu stuff uh, like he said he he, pro- he probably found the scene listening to it right yeah yeah yeah. But uh, it was definitely guys like uh, who does it? Was there a guy called Missile Command or something like that? I, I know there's a track called Missile Command or something. There's there's a lot of good stuff. Power Glove and all that. <laughs> That's from the Modu days for sure. And Sakura and Sakura Knights had like all these different groups. It was always just him in it. But I thought it was all these different people. I'm like, oh my god, all these people are so sick. It was just yeah. one dude. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, speaking of sick music, right? Let's listen to another Miami Nights 1984 track. This is one called Sunset Cruise. This will definitely make you sick. And th- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen. This is Sunset Cruise by Miami Nights 1984.
And that was Miami Nights 1984 with Sunset Cruise. And I'm joined by Miami Nights 1984 himself, Michael Glover. It's your boy. On the 50th anniversary, the 50th anniversary of Beyonce, the 50th episode of Beyonce. This is all exciting. So besides doing this, you are also the master of uh, of Rosso Corsa. Or do you say Rosso Corsa? How do you say it? I'm one, I'm, I'm one of them. I'm not the, but I'm one of them, I guess. Explain the genesis of the Rosso Corsa collective. <laughs> How, how do you want me to explain it to you? Okay, so Laserhawk's in there. Mm-hmm. The guy who's uh, features on every episode of this show. He loves to be interviewed. <laughs> That's another one, too. People always go, have Laserhawk. And I'm like, dude, he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> People don't understand that. But they got to understand that uh, doing an interview is like sort of a two-way thing, and the other guy has to want to do it as well. Yeah. I mean, I can always do like a robot voice for him, which would be pretty fucking funny, actually. Not that That'd be pretty cool or pitch down make it dirty south that's where he's from what does he sound like i've never even talked oh, like we chat but we don't he's gangster man is he like yeah yeah <laughs> like because he's he's from texas right yeah so when you talk to him it's like this is kind of like what laser sounds like like if i if i'm talking to him on skype or whatever i'm like hey laser he's like yeah man <laughs> like, like he's like what it do foo I wish that oh, were true. I, I, I don't know. What are you doing? Oh, I'm sipping on some scissor. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's very much like, I'm about to hit the KSC, hit that spot. Because <laughs> everything's spot. I wish that were true. It's true. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get uh, hooked up with Laserhawk? And then how did you guys, did you did you form it together? <laughs> like, how does... There, there were three of us originally. Who's the third? A.D. Stallone. Okay. Where's he at now? Where's he at? Huh? Where's he at? Where's he at, he's, man? Where's he's in he the at? UK. You know, I, I actually haven't talked to Chris in a while, but um, I'm, I'm sure he's doing good wherever he's at. We all first met up on MySpace. It was actually originally Chris and, and Laser that approached me. This one's still ActRaiser. And they're like, oh, we we're thinking about putting a label together and doing these free releases. Well, me and Laser started talking, and instantly there was like this bromance. Like Chris described it as standing there and watching us make out. And uh, <laughs> at that point, we were like, well, why don't we make it a real label and, uh, and make a bit of money off this too? So not that that's what the music's about, but, you know, that did get brought up. <laughs> After that, it was like, boom, boom, boom. We're just coming up with ideas and, and uh, building a foundation for it kind of thing. At that point, Chris decided he wanted to take more of a backseat and just do the artist thing. And me and Laser just kind of, uh, you know, took the label over. Uh, bring that up to where we currently are. We also have Richard, uh, our, our friend Richard Owen on board, who handles all the publishing for Rosa Corsa as well. And uh, he's he's doing a great job with that. He handles all of the big orders with HBO and all that stuff. And, and the guy's a shark. So really, as far as as people that are in charge of Rosso, it's it's kind of that's where it's at. Got me and Laser and then Rich handling the publishing side of things. Did you approach artists to be on? Because I know like other artists under your label, I think. Did you do Highway Superstars or have Highway Superstars last one on? Yeah, yeah. Alex, um, you know, we're pretty selective about um, about our artists because clearly we have people like counting us all the time with, with demos and stuff like that. Alex was lucky enough to have Mitch push him towards us. Mm-hmm. Obviously, whatever Johan says is, is gold in our books so uh, so we checked him out and yeah Alex Alex was definitely a super talented dude nailing that 80s vibe to it so mm-hmm. uh, 
he got on board with us. So the original group mostly all came from MySpace because we're already all talking on there and there's a tight sort of knit scene of us on there. So um, they're kind of already, you know, it was like it had to happen. I really wish Multipack actually released something with us when he was on board with us and still actually making stuff because um let's say of everyone he was probably my favorite artist but um unfortunately um you know he kind of fell out have you ever like approached people to be on the the label or is it more just- yeah yeah no 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 there's there's a couple people we approached like uh we are working on a release, uh, hopefully for um, Amazing Police. Like I approached him because his writing just blew my mind. I was, uh, I heard him and I was like, okay, I, I gotta have this guy. There's a couple people, other people we approached too. Uh, I'm not gonna name any names or anything like that, but um, yeah, no, we we approach people for sure. If if we think someone has has a sound we're after, yeah, we'll approach them. There's there's a couple of them that. You know, I think we waited too long and now they're with other labels. And unfortunately, that's the way it goes. But um, I think sometimes, too, it's a little weird for me because I, I don't hold Rosa Corsa, you know, up on a pedestal like I think a lot of people in the scene do. So I don't realize exactly uh, maybe the power the, the label has in the scene because um, I think a lot of people kind of hold us up, you know, up there with Valerie and stuff and and uh I, I just don't know that. So I, some people are too shy to send us demos. And unfortunately, they get signed to other labels and they're committed to that by the time that we approach them. Mm-hmm. But uh, by all means, like we, we actually have a submission page on the website now. If people want to send in their demo, like if, if you think you have what it takes, by all means, send us a demo. We're, we'll, we'll give it a fair chance. But, um, you know, artists always let feelings come into shit, too. And it's like, you know, if we don't like it and tell them you know they get butthurt about it so do uh, people send you some shit oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> synth, synth wave is is like any music genre there's there's an overload of fucking garbage out there right and i hope people aren't thinking i'm a bad guy by saying that but it's the truth um any music genre is gonna have you know crap for me personally i'll, I'll speak on behalf of myself because people send me stuff as well yeah um you know just say to be on the show and my my basic metric now is if i make better music than the person that sends me music then that's that's my where i do my cutoff mm-hmm. because like i make joke music like occasionally yeah and if but someone it's good. Said, yeah i've heard i've heard a couple it's pretty good actually <laughs> but if someone, i think i think when you did the spectacles kid thing i was like man you got a great voice like, well it was fun that one was funny but i turns out I have no actual faith in in my singing ability. So if I sing about titties, then yeah. my voice gets better because it's a joke. Because it's a joke, you're not taking it seriously. I'm I'm the same way, man. I'm really self conscious about my voice, and uh, and you know there have been a couple tracks where where I recorded myself singing, and I get ran past people. I'm like, oh no, you sound okay, but it's it's like ah, hearing myself sing about something serious just you feel awkward about it, and it's mm-hmm. weird. Whereas if you're goofing around, it's a joke, it's not a big deal, right? So you yeah. can have fun with it and you're a little more relaxed with it. Yeah, it's funny how that works. So so for me, like I get people sending me stuff and it's like gibberish and I never know a polite way to like like to just be like, ah, I mean, no, like, <laughs> like I don't know what to say. And I guess for you guys, I mean, there's obviously like a, a huge amount of quality control. Who makes the decision? Like if a few people say, hey, I like this guy, do you all have to be on board in order for it to... Generally... You know, we would have a vote about something. I know there's there's a couple of people where you know if if I'm really 
stoked on something, there's definitely a chance where I might say fuck the other guy's opinion and still release it for someone. I'm really stoked on it. Um, and to go back, I don't, I don't want to say that there's crap out there. I, that sounds kind of bad. No, there is. Yeah, there is. But at the same time, if if just because we don't like it doesn't mean someone else. Well, here's what I'm going to say, and I think this is an important for anyone who listens to this show because I know a lot of I mean, most of my listeners are all people who you know want to make electronic music themselves and stuff. Yeah, is just to have a healthy sense of just of yourself. Like, no, you know, like I, I feel like I have in my own personal life, like a sense of like, yeah, I, I kind of get how I come across to people. I get a sense of the vibe of the room when I'm in the room of, you know, w- what people like and don't like. If you're, you know, if you're joking right. around with people, you get a right. sense like, okay, these people don't like masturbation jokes. I'm going to pull, ba- pull back on those, you know, these people, whatever, right? You get a yeah. sense. And I think sometimes because Synthwave is largely populated by dudes who are making music on their computers and sometimes I, I feel like they just don't have a, a sense of exactly what they've just made and I feel like they should and they should just listen to what else is out there listen to the most popular things and just go do you want to see think because you just did a tutorial on YouTube a Fruity Loops tutorial and made a song that it is ready like do you think you're ready like just listen to what else is out there and just take a step back and go you know maybe i need to make a few more things and get a bit better at this or whatever you know what i mean like i feel like no i totally know what you mean it's like because they have all the ingredients for a recipe it doesn't mean that they bake the cake properly it's a beautiful uh, metaphor Thank you. I just came up with that. Um, it, and, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I got this arpeggiated bass line. Okay. And now it's throwing the cowbell in at the end and the reverb clap. This is a track. And it's yeah. like, you got the ingredients there. But, but yeah, definitely there has to be. My main thing is emotion behind the writing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's why I think like like artists like Tommy and stuff like that, they've really nailed it. It's like, you, it doesn't have to be a lot. It can just like for me it could just be a chord progression and nothing else but if mm-hmm. the emotions there it's like oh okay yeah I like that I'll release that kind of thing but we definitely get an overabundance of stuff where um, people send it to us and you know they think it's really hot they think it's really great and when I listen to it it just it doesn't do anything for me it doesn't you know ooh, that, yeah. that, that sounds really intriguing or cool and then there's the awkward part of, of how do I tell them and usually the way I deal with that, and I don't know if I should really say this because people are going to hear it and be like, oh, he did that to me, <laughs> is I say, okay, well, uh, Garrett has to listen to this now. And <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a partner. That would be perfect. Yeah. For me, um, it, the issue I have is just sometimes, obviously, there's people like, you know, with Twitter and stuff, like I'm one of those people who I follow lots of people who seem like they're interested. And so I'll get submissions of people who aren't even in the same genre, uh, which is always weird, too, because I'm just like, you know, like, this is good music. But I mean, like, I don't you know, it's not what I want. I know. I think this is important. Like, I personally think this is important. I know, like, if it comes across when you're hearing it, like, maybe this is mean. But I think that, you know, there's artists that come across. Um, who are still coming out now and even though the synthwave scene kind of has this particular sound every you know every little while i will get a new person making music that really hits me you know like and and i'm just like oh this person cares and this is a cool song and it doesn't always have to be amazingly mastered or something you can just tell like they're doing something new and and whatever and then there's different angles of it like when i first heard like my Rhone or something you know and like some dudes doing like wicked guitar licks like 80s guitar stuff and yeah and, and it's like oh this is fun like this is you know this is cool yeah 
So it's it's out there, you know. I think people just need to have a sense of you know what it is they're doing. Like, there's a reason why you know the artists who have been doing this music for many many years make you know good stuff is because they've had a lot of time they've put they've put in the time to, to to you know to get better and it's not just making your first demo in fruity loops that you think you sh- should release it you know my biggest thing and it's a pretty good tip i think i tell this to people like any of my friends getting into production or anything like that is uh never ever go off your first idea when i'm writing a track and I think I have something that's really sick, and I, you know, I'm like, oh, this is this is cool. I will take that and I will rearrange it a bunch of different times. And by doing that, most of the time, I'll find something that's better than my original concept. You know, the funny thing with me is, it's like I, I definitely know there's people who probably talk about this, but it's like my my writing is the furthest thing from uh, complex. Like you look at someone like Mitch Murder, and you're like, oh my god, how the hell? did he come up with that like it's brilliant and the writing is very complex i took a more simplistic approach to it and um, i think a lot of people heard that and they're kind of like oh i can do that too but the thing with my simplistic approach at the same time is um i i did put a lot of care into the emotion of the tracks and so even even though the format itself seems simplistic in theory it's it's if you don't have that emotion or vibe to it um it, it's just not going to work for you well let's um we've uh we've talked for too long without listening to a track so let's listen to another uh, miami nice 1984 track this is one last time
was One Last Time by Miami Nights 1984. That's cool. I, I, your track selection is, is, isn't is predictable. That's cool. Because most of the time, you know, it's, you know, here's Ocean Drive. Here's Thief. Here's Kill Switch. We'll get to some of those uh, later. But, like, for me, um, when I do the show, I don't necessarily go by what everyone's favorite track is. I go by the ones that I like. Yeah. Uh, so, because I, I find I did the same thing with, um, you know, Celerect LA Dreams. He releases a new album every day. He does. You know, and, and that's another guy, of course, with that synthetics community that's out there. Um, I wound up leaving the synthetics group ages ago because uh, I felt like there's a lot of negativity towards certain artists. Yes. And, and Celerect was one that I kept seeing pop up, and people would just trash this guy. And uh, it was because he was turning out music all the time. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You people are shitting on this guy because he's able to turn out music every other day? It's like... This is what I found. And this is a subject that, that comes up a lot on the show and is going to continue to come up, with specifically with um, online communities, is how... Look, for example, in the synthetics community, right? So the synthwave scene is... It's there, but it's small. Hmm. And when someone gets, like, too big, all of a sudden people on synthetics will start treating them as if they're, like, celebrities. Mm-hmm. So now, for example, like, someone... some Like, you know, this n- new person will come on and say, Oh, I made a track, guys. And there'll be all this positive attention of, like, Oh, good job, you know, a fucking Laser Jam 1986 or whatever. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, like, good, man, that's that's great. And then in the next breath, be like, um, so yeah, Perturbator's album, latest album, isn't as good. Uh, you know, Dance with the Dead's newest one isn't as good or whatever. And it's like, these dudes aren't like famous. Like, they No, we're, we were all on there. Like, uh, I remember when I released Turbulence. And this is like kind of like in the early days of, of synthetics. Everyone was having this group conversation in there in the group chat. And um, I remember people were like, oh, I felt like early summer was was good, was better than this, than turbulence, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm fucking here reading this shit. And, yeah. you know, it, it's funny because, um, you know, like I try and tell myself, like, you know, the bigger you get don't let shit affect you because there are going to be haters no matter what there's going to be trolls there's going to be haters but that i'm a sensitive guy and that shit gets to me i took that as constructive criticism i was like okay this person likes this album more okay what can what can i do in the next one to have some happy middle ground now i've kind of thrown that all out the door i'm like fuck other people's opinions i'm i'm only gonna make what i'm happy with so we'll see how this new album goes over. But um. well, no, that's important for you. And also, I think that what's silly about this whole thing is that uh, is that the synthwave scene becomes this microcosm where it's like we should always. I mean, this is my personal opinion, but the synthwave scene is not this huge no. thing. I mean, I love the music, and I wish it were bigger, and I wish you know I could just press play on the radio and it would be there. Yeah, but the fact that we don't hold up the stars of the scene and the fact that once they get like more than 2000 followers on SoundCloud all of a sudden they're like they're like a celebrity of the scene and we can shit on them publicly now mm-hmm. and to me it's never felt right because to me it just feels like guys like you know we should be supporting these people because if the scene gets bigger and people attach themselves or find out about this music then we want 
to lead them here to you guys, you know, to everybody else. I mean, we, you know, like the music's good, and so I see people do that, you, you know, with uh, with Perturbator and Dance with the Dead and with you and with others, you know, Laserhawk and stuff. You know, it's just like, oh, this album's not as whatever as the last album, and it's okay because he's a big guy now, and and that's what happens. The silliest thing about it is it hurts itself more than it does benefit anything because it's like, sure you and your your buddies in there can you know talk shit or whatever but you're gonna lose the the people in there that maybe you once looked up to like i i left the group just for that reason it's like oh fuck well i you know i kept having to go on there and defend people sometimes where it was like like johan signing over to mad decent and stuff like that and uh people shitting on him for it and it's like holy fuck like I'm not mad at him for it. You know, I I, I tell anyone who's going to be on Rosso, you know, if a bigger label comes along, fuck yeah, sign yeah. to them. Man. <laughs> this is what this is about. Like, yes, yeah. Rosso's just a stepping stone for for hopefully something bigger. If it's not for all of us, if it's just for one guy, by all means, that one guy is going to bring more attention to the scene. Exactly. And just seeing how all these people are like, how dare he do this and he owes his success to synthetics he he owes it to himself because the guy's a fucking brilliant dude like and don't get me wrong because i do appreciate the support i do appreciate the people in synthetics that are positive and you know doing their thing but at the same time like i I, i'm just i'm not into negativity man i'm no no no, me neither like as an artist like yeah i'm attached to my art and when i release something it's because i think it's worth releasing the kind of music i write it's not for everyone (laughs) especially with a dark synthwave community too you know i can see them trashing on that whatever i just don't want to read it right but i i also think and i mean again it's not necessarily about censoring but it's like look if you're Justin Bieber and you have fucking 300 billion views on your video, yeah, you're going to get fucking idiots in the comment line. This fucking sucks, blah, blah, blah. And guys talking about conspiracy theories. No, like, you know, like yeah, in the YouTube yeah. comments. Illuminati. Yeah. But we're not, like the scene itself, I think, only can grow by support. And, and I, it, it seems like this sort of cheesy lovey-dovey message, but like, it's true. And, and I do the same thing in my comment section. Like when I, in the podcast, I play a whole bunch of different types of music. And so sometimes people come on there and be like this song's no good and i just delete that comment because a yeah. i want the artist to be able to go back you know to the podcast and if people have have said comments on soundcloud that they can read like i want them to be positive like i don't want them to be like the experience of being on this show having my music exposed was was someone hated my song like to me that makes me feel bad because i only play music on the show that i like yeah and i like a wide range but i like you know synth based music like i like you know all mm-hmm. sorts of things i listen to perturbate i listen to you whatever like you know and they're all different types but they all sort of have this this synth in common and i see no no good can be negative especially when it's not constructive if it's just like oh this one's not as good as the last one well, what what fucking good is that like that's that's mm-hmm. no good i'm pretty much the same way like i'm, I'm pretty open-minded to music genres even though i shot on dubstep earlier there is dubstep i like and you know i'm into future bass and stuff like that which is you know kind of what that's evolved into but um if you get in my car or something like that who knows what i'm gonna be listening to it might be perturbator or it might be you know Laserhawk. it might be npm it might be gangster rap it might be whatever and uh you know i always think it's funny when someone gets in my car and let's say you know they're a synth guy and they hear me listening to gangster rap and like why are you listening to this it's like, 
it's fucking good music, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> music is music. If if country music is good, I'll listen to it. And you know there is good stuff in in almost every genre. To be honest with you, I think this stuff, this is sort of like an important kind of thing because I always want to promote that idea that like you know. I'm the kind of guy if I don't like something I just don't say anything yeah you know like people send me so oh here's listen to this track and I'll be like yeah I'll take a listen and it's like okay I listened and what's what benefit to me like the only time I will ever comment is if I truly feel that my comment will better their music so if someone sends me something and it's really good and I just feel like ah oh, everything is in place here but it needs like a slightly better mastering mm -hmm. you know like sometimes sometimes that happens that happens a lot because people you know like they bang out a song in fruity loops and i'll actually be like hey the melody of this song is really cool everything's really right, cool the writing the writing's there but yeah but yeah, it's so kind of flat yeah. you know and and then that might be a time where i would say hey you know like maybe this this track could use a bit of this or a bit of that only because i know that they've got things in place that are going to it's going to go somewhere cool yeah, totally. But, uh, you know, if, if someone sends me something that's garbage, I mean, like, you know, what to do. But speaking of not garbage, this is a track I really dig. And we're moving ahead now to the Turbulence album <laughs> of Miami Nights 1984. And this is the uh, Miami Nights 1984 theme. Oh. Or the MN84 theme. And I like this. I know it's just an intro, but I love this one because it, um, in my head, it conjures up... Uh, like in an 80s movie where the camera is like zooming in slowly on a character who has like a big decision to make. Yeah, it's like some Tangerine Dream type shit. Yeah, so that's, I love this one. So we're going to listen to this now. This is the uh, <laughs> Miami Nice 1984 theme. was the Miami Nice 1984 theme by Miami Nice 1984 and I am joined by Michael. It's cool that you played that because that's actually like one of my biggest tracks for uh, licensing and uh, I who I never thought you know the intro on my album would be like one of the the biggest money makers for me but uh, it, it's kind of crazy. Well it's a really it's a really cool thing. So when when you went into this one, did you have some sort of theme in mind when you were like uh, getting down to write? When I got into Turbulence, um, I wasn't writing. I, I kind of went on this dry spell of writing. And uh, Garrett Laserhawk there is like, oh, why don't you start making Chill Wave? It's got me writing right now. I'm like, Chill Wave, eh? So, so everything I was writing, I was 
throwing loads of reverb and loads of delay on it. And that came about because I had loads of reverb and loads of delay on my keys. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sort of noodling around and I hit the sort of sweet spot with it. And I was like, oh, okay, sweet. Hit record. It just, just sort of went from there. I could almost say that's that's another big tip. If you're ever stuck, just throw a shitload of reverb and delay onto your synth. It just... <laughs> it just just have some fun and you'll find something magic in there, I'm sure. You know, I always lose track of your questions. And I find I wind up running around again distracted and I don't remember your original question. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm totally sidetracked onto something else, but it hopefully was, there's something there. Yeah, you know, it was vague. Talk to me about, and this was a big thing that sort of happened to you, was you uh, remixed Gautier's song, Somebody I Used to Know. Yeah. So how did that, how did that come about? So I, I had just on ocean drive i was uh getting back into writing again and really feeling it um some things had happened where um uh the winter had come (laughs) (laughs) getting all game uh game of thrones on you um i had more time on my hands and um and christmas was around the corner i'm like oh why don't i do a remix of something i can just sort of give it out to the fans for free goche at that time was just sort sort of starting to pop off and uh, I heard his voice, and I was like, "Oh, it sounds sounds a lot like Peter Gabriel or or something like that." So uh, I remixed that track, and then um, my buddy Jason, who some people know as White Thunder, sent it off to Goche, and Goche wound up really liking it. Yeah, from there on, he was like, "Hey, yes, it's great. I, I want to do something with it." He gave me a couple tips on the vocals because I guess they had pitched it out. And uh, corrected that, and next thing I know, his labels getting involved. Like, yeah, we want to release it, and la di da. We have all these other people lined up, and they're crazy names like Tiesto and Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys and shit like that. And uh, yeah, they they signed it off to Universal, and um, and then he sent us, uh, me and all my friends, tickets to go see him, and uh, hang out with him for a bit and stuff like that. And uh, he was a super rad dude. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know what the fuck he's doing these days. It seems kind of funny. Like, I guess he's like me. It's like turn something out and then uh, sit on your ass. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that definitely like your remix uh, of his track. I mean, that is a really popular video. Like it's got a lot of listens and views and all that stuff. Right? Yeah, I guess that's uh, it's the only something you can respond to with yes. Sure. It is. <laughs> it's a tough one for me to talk about too cuz cuz I I you know, I'm over it. I'm fucking over it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is what is Rifflandia? Rifflandia is like the one good thing this island has going for itself. Rifflandia is I'd say probably our biggest music festival it takes over the entire city here it is the only thing that gets me out of the house because it's the only time we actually bring people i care about seeing and usually i'm playing it so but yeah it's it's an awesome music festival here the entire city it's like just becomes alive it's the streets are flooded with people just going to different venues and uh we get a lot of awesome outside talent here which is which is rad because uh, being on an island, a lot of promoters are afraid to bring people in case they're going to miss out on money on it, right? So we don't really get to see a lot of people that I would normally leave the house to go see. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Rifflandia. It's a music festival. It's awesome. You guys should come here and check it out. I know I've been trying to drag you to it forever. 
You uh, you were in an earthquake, right? Wasn't there an earthquake around uh, your zone a while ago? Yeah. What happened there? Was that weird? Man, I just finished up. Masturbating? One of the tracks for my new hip-hop album. That wasn't funny. One of the tracks <laughs> for my new hip-hop album. It's called Snacks. Uh-huh. Snack God. And it was like the track was such hot fire. I hit the play button and boom! <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, there's an earthquake here, man. Did your house shake? Do you live in a house or an apartment? I live in a house. Uh, yes, it shook. And I was talking to someone on the phone. Usually stuff like that doesn't really get me. I'm kind of like, oh, that's weird. But uh, my buddy on the phone is like, dude, my house was just shaking. He's all the way on like the other tip of the island. Hmm. And uh, I'm kind of like, oh, fuck. And he's like, yeah, I think we just had an earthquake. That's pretty crazy. So we we'll go on Facebook right away. And sure enough, yeah, everybody's talking earthquake talk. And uh, it was cool. Um, you know, at the same time, it's absolutely terrifying because um, living on the West Coast where I live, we have been expecting a huge earthquake for quite some time now. And uh, nobody's prepared for what's going to happen when that earthquake does actually hit here. It's pretty much going to destroy the island. Uh, it's going to destroy a good part of Seattle. And I, I'm not talking about, you know, oh, you know, uh, some shit got broken. I mean, liquefaction of the ground, where the ground uh, trembles so much that it, it actually becomes uh, almost like a liquid. And everything sort of just gets, you know, eaten up by the earth itself. Um, where I live, there are a lot of rocks, you know, one plus side. The other thing is, is after that quake, there will be a huge tsunami as well. Pretty much it's going to be the end of the world for Miami Nights. So uh, you ever think about uh, moving? I think about it, but if you've ever seen pictures of where I live... I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the the other week I was playing a festival um, out in the boonies with a friend under another music project of mine called Future Noir. What is Future Noir? Future Noir is a side project of uh, me and my, my good friend Merge. Should I know what that is? Uh, we haven't really pushed it too much yet. Okay. So, yeah. And where was I going with? Oh, just the drive out there. It's, it's a coastal drive. And I looked over at my girlfriend. And I said, you know, as, as much as I may think about moving sometimes, I don't see it happening. It's it's just too beautiful here. It's paradise. You are in like what is technically considered the nicest part of this country. That's true. Yeah. So that is, uh, I understand. I understand yeah. the, the allure. Yeah. Listen, we, we hinted at this uh, uh, long enough, but... Uh, Let's uh, let's listen to the track let's Ocean Drive. Oh no, oh. we're not talking snacks yet. <laughs> <laughs> Got you, motherfucker. Uh, well, this, we're gonna listen to uh, the track Ocean Drive uh, off the album Turbulence. My manager keeps coming in here, and he's like, "Wrap it up, wrap it up." So <laughs> I don't know if he's talking about putting on a condom or, or wrapping this up, but yeah, we we gotta wrap this up soon too. Okay, so we're gonna listen to this track, and then we'll be right back with uh, more Miami Nights, nineteen eighty four.
And that was Ocean Drive by Miami Nights 1984. I'm speaking very quickly because I've been told by some guy called Tim. Yep. Is that correct? Tim, yep. <laughs> that we got to wrap this up. So listen, it was good having you on the show. Thanks, man. I had a blast. We, we've joked around for a couple of years now about doing this, so it's good to finally happen. So what's uh, what's what's coming up, man? Let's talk about that. We got a bunch of stuff lined up. There's a Lost Years album coming out in March. Uh, shortly after that, we have the Laserhawk album coming out, and then after that, it should be my release. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So what's going on right now? Like, have you done anything like over the years i have been sort of writing things here and there and uh this winter i kind of scrapped most of that and started fresh and was like no i'm kind of in this melancholy kind of state there isn't going to be much of that kind of like uh saved by the bell or whatever stuff i had going on turbulence um it's going to be pretty slow and chill it's going to be um like 80 to 100 bpm kind of stuff and uh, mostly, if I could really paint a picture, it'd be, you know, the typical synth wave driving sunset by the beach kind of thing. It's kind of the vibe I'm going for. Who, who would have thought? <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's definitely, you know, I think it's different enough from the other stuff. The other thing is, too, is since Turbulence, I, I've been collecting a lot more gear. And in Actraiser and, and early summer had you know some more hardware going on to it compared to this compared to turbulence which uh you know definitely had a lot more uh, soft synth stuff going on so it's been refreshing getting back into writing analog again and in, in going through you know uh, the joys and the pains of it uh, but overall i think um i think the feel of this is going to be a little more warmer and lush who would have thought warm and lush with analog here <laughs> Well, that's cool, man. Listen, I, I I know when I was doing my research, I was sort of going through different uh, old things you, you wrote and posts like that. Mm-hmm. Now, here's one that came up, and I want to know if there's like a story involved with this, but it says, well, NDP didn't win, but at least I saved a homeless person's life today by dragging him out of the way of traffic. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't talk about the unicorn killer thing, too. There's only so much time. Well, that made world news, though. Oh, you mean when you put on the horse head? No, oh, what happened? You you guys were filming a like a movie or something, and then the cops got called. Per- Periscope, Periscope had come out, and uh, and I was watching a lot of Periscope feeds, and they were boring. It was people like filming their feet while they watch a movie, and there's all these people commenting and watching it. And I'm like, man, why don't I give someone a good experience where where someone's being chased by a serial killer? And people are commenting on what they should do to survive it. Little did I know, uh, people were going to take it quite seriously. And it, <laughs> it got big really fast. And the police almost blew my friend away. But uh, yeah, that was that. Uh, your first question, again, was about saving a homeless person's life. Hmm. So we're driving down the street. And this gentleman had had some sort of accident on his bicycle or something. And people were not helping him, even though this man was straight up laying on the street they were just sort of driving around him so it looked like he was pretty close to getting run over so yeah i, I kind of ran out to traffic and dragged his ass up on a curb and and uh called the police and and i made it sound a lot more cooler than it was but i i made it sound like i you know saved this dude's life somehow maybe i did maybe fuck yeah i saved that guy's <laughs> life man you're a goddamn hero fucking hero yeah <laughs> So before before anyone trashes me in the comments here or in synthetics, just remember I'm a fucking hero. 
<laughs> I save a goddamn bum. Yeah. Well, listen, man. Did you ever play the Alien vs. Predator arcade game? Oh, dude. I, I'm going back. What, what do you know about me here? What do you, that was like my favorite arcade well, game. Well, the, the reason why I'm asking is because um, I, I foolishly the other day, like I'm trying to get back into playing arcades. Like I haven't used the MAME in a long time. Yep. And uh, it's been fucking like six or seven years. I had this conversation with Protector 101 about shitty games. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get back into playing the arcade again i'm gonna get an arcade stick i i don't necessarily want to build uh uh like a cabinet, cabinet. but i want to i want to have like a unit and i you've seen my cabinet you saw my cabinet you have a cabinet no i didn't see it i didn't see it yeah i got a full-on rosa course cabinet That's is it like running mame yeah it's running uh it has the hyperspin front end to it so uh it's it's actually pretty sick oh because i've been looking at it at those sorts of things and I, I wrote to a company that makes arcade sticks and I was like hey man you should sponsor my podcast and uh, give me a free joystick <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I actually did that but um, the reason why I bring it up is because I've been going back brawlers are my favorite genre Mm-hmm. And I uh, love I love the fucking two four player brawlers, you know X Men yeah. and all that. And I was yeah. going back yeah. and playing fucking Alien vs Predator, and that game's awesome. Avengers is a pretty good one too. Ooh, Avengers is amazing simply for that fucking uh, I am Magneto, master yeah. of magnet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, did you build an arcade cabinet? Or did you buy one and retrofit it or whatever? Oh, I, I built it for it was crazy cheap how it came about and how I did it. Um, I did it when I was just you know i was living off the label in miami nights so it's not like i was i was making crazy coin or anything and um i went for breakfast with a friend and he's like oh i got the schematic to make uh these paper arcade machines make like a miami nights one I'm like oh what do you do like stick an ipad in there or something he's like no you just have it sitting around the house as a decoration I'm like well why don't we make a real arcade cabinet it can't be that hard Mm-hmm. And so I start looking up the schematics for cutting the wood and stuff like that. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is too much work. I'm, I'm a lazy cunt. <laughs> and so I went on, I went on the used Victoria website. I, I look up cabinets. Lo and behold, there's a cabinet there. It says, make me an offer. So I call the guy up. I'm like, I want to make an offer on the cabinet. He's like, yeah, sure. I'm like 20 bucks, <laughs> like, 20 bucks. I'm like 20 bucks. He's like, I, I got to get this thing moved out of here. How fast can you be here? I'm like, where do you live? He lives one block away from where we're eating breakfast. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we go down there. We check it out. Uh, get my friend over with the truck and, and get that thing out of there for 20 bucks. So that was big savings right there for the cabinet. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah. After that, I'm like, okay, well, I don't. you don't need much for uh, PC components to do a main build. It doesn't require much power at all. So um, I go on and I start looking up used computers. Of course, every idiot under the sun thinks they can charge full price for a computer that's from five years ago. Mm. But I see a dude on there that says, hey, uh, computer technician looking for work will work cheap, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, computer technician. This guy probably has loads of fucking scrap parts that's laying around. So I give him a phone call and like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm building this meme cabinet. The guy cuts me off. He's like, I know exactly what you're doing. I will do everything in my power to make this happen for you. So I go over there. It's this little drunk Asian guy. And he asked me like 10 times why I'm there while he's building this computer for me. And he built me a pretty sweet computer for free. Wow. So at that point, I've saved so much m- money on everything. I decided to, because um, it was a single player cabinet. I had to make it two player. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a, a very nice piece of aluminum. We bend it and uh, fabricate uh, the aluminum to be uh, the joystick panel for the cabinet. 
and I order in all competition hardware at that point. Everything is like gold leaf triggered and, and um, it's pretty sweet. It's got a pretty rad 80s vibe going on to it. And, uh, and then it's got the custom Rosa Corsa marquee that lights up too. I'll send you some pictures. Well, listen, it's been good to have you on. I whoa, 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 whoa. There's one more thing we got to cover before I go there. <laughs> and what would that be? My hip hop album. All right, so we got, so we got to talk about snacks. All right, tell me about snacks. Snacks is probably like the most G of G hip hop albums out there. It's, it's uh, King of Snacks and myself, uh, Snack God. You know, we're just we're repping it hard in the streets with the snacks, man. And we wanted some music that's you know going to embrace that and you know, you know, get the word out there what we're about and show we're for real we ain't we ain't playing we ain't no studio snackers man that's the main thing and so everyone understands snacks is a rap project about someone who raps about snack foods is that correct snacks is about snack life man (laughs) we snacking every day man (laughs) anything man i don't care what that is i fuck with all that shit (laughs) is your manager happy about this he left. He came in and heard what I was talking about, shook his head, and walked out again. So, <laughs> Do you want me to play a snack song? Yeah. It's actually the first track off the album, but I think it's called Snacks 2. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one we should play. I think that's pretty G. I don't have a name for any of these tracks yet. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, here is a... Is this going to have an official name when this gets released? Is this going to be released? Yeah. <laughs> um, not on Rosso or anything, but I think independently, <laughs> independently on the Snacks Bandcamp page. Sounds about right to me. You're not going to get all the votes from all the members of, of Rosso Corsa to... Man. Hell no. Come on. <laughs> all right, man. Well, listen. It's been fun talking to you. I'm glad we finally got to do this. It makes me happy. Yes, sir. It's going to make a lot of people happy, and that's a good thing. You know, I had so much fun when the album's done. I'll I'll come on again. Please do, man. Did you take pictures when you were building your arcade cabinet, like, of the process, or did you just not? Uh, No, but I actually have to uh, disassemble it again because I did an entirely new uh, computer build for the internals of it. So I can send that all your way. Yeah, I would love to. No, I would honestly love to see that because I've just gotten into that, like, pretty hardcore and i've been looking at all these uh, custom builds and i found a funny website about somebody who posts pictures of really shitty homemade arcade cabinets you know another good guy to talk to is rick shithouse rick shithouse is like he's he's way more extreme than i am with it like he found out i i was using like an lcd screen in mine and like mm. like fucking was about to like curb stomp me for it <laughs> <laughs> you mean rick thorpe yes it's his real name that that gentleman yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. No, I, I know people are pretty purists. I, I like LCDs because they're cheap, but uh, I understand. I, I I don't give a shit. You can go to the cabinet and play a game on a cabinet, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. happy with that. Yeah, man. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Listen, have a lovely day. Tell your manager that the interview is over. Okay. And uh, I look forward to hearing uh, the latest album, man. I'm excited. Thank you, Andy. Take care. It was a pleasure. <laughs> you too, Michael. <laughs> <laughs>
nasty brothers are back. And we came to snack. Who tell us how to snack? Don't tell me how to snack. We eating all the snacks. All the motherfuckers snacks. Nasty brothers are back. And we came to snack. Eat them motherfuckers snack. Who tell us how to snack? Bitch bow down, I'm the snack god Got a bitch and she's sucking on my stink rod And I'm driving real fast Eating mad snacks, getting lots of gas Y'all check it, I'm eating ice cream Nah, fuck it, I'm eating everything Take that chocolate bar now, put it in my hand I'm the snack god, welcome to the snack land Snacking every day, cause snacking is my life Pass me that cake with a fork and a knife I don't need to tell you twice, pick that milkshake up quick Sucking off the straw while your bitch be sucking on my dick Craft dinner with the wieners, y'all put it in a bowl I'ma feed off that shit till my whole crew fall When it comes to eating pudding, don't put me to the test Cause I Four packs without a pain to my chest. Nasty brothers are back, and we came to snack. Don't tell us how to snack. We eating all the snacks. Nasty brothers are back, and we came to snack. Don't tell us how to snack. We eating all the snacks. King of snacks, no one can snatch like me I'm eating cheeseburgers, hot dogs and chicken wings I want cereal in a fucking bowl I eat that fucking shit, shit it out my asshole And fucking cash flow, be getting dropped quick With me and the guy be going on a snack room, bitch We getting apple turnovers, find salamis and cheeses We'll be bowing on the knees just to please us With grilled cheeses and chocolate milk Coming in so fucking hot, gonna make the ice cream melt They gotta eat that shit quick, I want so many flavors in that snack game, you know I'll be a major player With Hawaiian pizza, fucking poutine I'm rolling through the drive through to make the slut scream The king of snacks, you know I'll be a snack fiend. Nobody snacks like me Nasty And we came to snack Don't tell us how to snack We eat all the snacks Nasty brothers are back and we came to snack Don't tell us how to snack We eating all the snacks Nasty brothers are back And we came to snack Don't tell us how to snack We eating all the snacks Nasty brothers are back And we came to snack and that was my chat with Miami Nights 1984. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks to all the listeners who have tuned in from the beginning. Very special day. This is the 50th episode. I am signing off on the 50th episode of Beyond Synth. But next episode, we start a whole new chapter. All the numbers that happen after 50. I think we'll start with 51 and then we'll move upwards from there. And it's going to be terribly exciting. I've got lots of fun things in store for the show, so please, please return. And we've got lots of great guests coming up and lots of great music and all that stuff, all that stuff you've come to expect. Hope you guys have a lovely day, and we'll see you next time on Beyond Sith.